are listening to the voice of freedom, Lee Elsie on 94.9 News Now and stimulating talk. All right, welcome back. We've got a great guest. By the way, if you want to talk to Senator Wong, you can absolutely call in 860-464-9490. And uh, we can chat. Before we get to the Senator, two things real quick. Don't forget companions and homemakers. You can give them a call today if you're getting to that point in your life, you need a little extra help to stay in your home. Well, that's what Companions and Homemakers is all about. Over 30 years helping elderly clients with all aspects of personal, of personal care, including dressing, grooming, bathing, mobility, all of it. And uh, again, they can do any of that and more. Give them a call today. Go online, companionsandhomemakers.com. That's companionsandhomemakers.com. And uh, they're also looking for caregivers. You can call them today at 833-256-JOBS. That's 833-256-5627. And tell them that uh, we sent you. And you can make yourself, you know, if you're somebody who is a caregiver, you can do pretty well. In particular, if you're somebody who's willing to be a live-in caregiver, those folks do really, really well. So give them a call today. You can go online, companionsandhomemakers.com. And as always, like I said, tell them that we sent you. One other thing real quick. Tomorrow, don't forget, in the 9 o'clock hour, a big announcement from uh, the Saturday Hero, our man uh, Rocky, has got a, a giant announcement he's going to make uh, tomorrow, and he's kind enough to save that here uh, for the radio. So we'll do that tomorrow, and we're going to bring him on at 9.05, and we'll find out what that's all about tomorrow. I don't even know exactly what it's all about, so uh, we'll find that out tomorrow. Senator Tony Wong is joining us. Senator, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm great, Lee. Thanks for having me on. It's always great to talk to you. I appreciate it very, very much. So uh, we were talking briefly off the air just about bad government taxpayers on the hook for so much. And that will lead me into my first thing that I want to talk to you about, about the state employee contract, which, man, I'll tell you, they're they're giving away a lot of stuff in this thing, Tony. You're absolutely right. It is a a, a sweetheart deal. And look, I don't blame our state employees. They're hardworking people. They do a great job. Uh, And if the legislature... Uh, and the governor wants to give him that deal as a state employee, I would never say no. But that's the point, is that we as elected representatives and the governor should be the employer. We should be the caretaker and looking to get a fair and equitable deal, not give away the House in negotiations. And I find it very ironically the fact that um, we're doing this on tax day, Mm. the deadline to filing taxes. And that's what this is going to be. This is going to be a contract that is negotiated by the governor that, if approved by the legislature, who should be representing as the employers and the caretaker of taxpayer money, is going to put a burden of $1.89 billion, that's with a big B, onto the taxpayer's liability. Now, you need to understand that we've had the past two years with federal uh, largesse in, in ARPA money to the tune of billions of dollars. And, and in fact, we used nearly $2 billion of it to offset our budget deficit in the past two years. So you're going to have a lot of politicians saying we had no tax increase budget. Everything is hunky-dory. But guess what? The nonpartisan Office of Fiscal Analysis said beginning 23-24, we are looking at nearly $2 billion in budget deficit. And, Lee, that's counting for the programs right now. We're not talking about the other bills that are considered this year that may add 
millions of dollars of, of responsibilities and programs. All of these programs are important, but it's going to add millions of dollars of liability that's not calculated in a budget that's already in a deficit. Again, who's going to put the bill? The taxpayers, because we're not going to have the federal printed money that has offset our pain the last couple of years. And it is incumbent on us, when you look at this deal, that it's going to cost $1.89 billion of taxpayer liability, where we are giving 2.5% wage increases and retroactive for last year, totaling nearly 7% for the next for the past two years, and, and then a $3,500 bonus. And the fact is, you can't find this detail anywhere. Right. You only get the top dressing, but there are hundreds of pages of negotiated contracts that I don't believe was done very transparently. Uh, you know, when you think about news releases about this contract coming out on a on a late evening on a holiday weekend, it's not transparent. And and the problem is, there are so much details in this package for four years. That's going to cost taxpayers money well into future generations. I mean, we are one of the largest pension liabilities in, in this country for a population that's maybe a third of some of those other states with large pension liabilities and the health benefits. I mean, you and I can only dream on, on a private marketplace. So all of this boils down to taxpayer burden and a fairness factor that, that the state employees are getting this large ass at the expense of taxpayers and an unfairness to private sector employees and our nonprofits. So this is all being negotiated because Lamont, what, is afraid that too many men and women are going to walk off the job when you know July comes rolling around? Is that the crux of this, Tony? It, it, it is used as one of the arguments in that, but, but the reality is it doesn't do anything to stop people from, from retiring. What's really motivated people to retire is we are changing the pension retirement program for new hire employees. So these long-term employees that stay on would be subject to new pension liability uh, for you know uh, reimbursement. So so a lot of them are retiring because it makes common sense economically. It isn't a factor that these are going to incentivize. In fact, these bonuses would be due to those employees whether they retire or not. None of this changes the fact that we may have a turnover in regards to employees. So it, 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 And it doesn't change a lot of what we need to change in government to create greater efficiencies, changing work dynamics, asking for more co-pay and in, in, in benefits. Uh, so it, it doesn't change a lot. It may be a good reason to do it. But it won't make a dent in regards to the retirement that's happening. Nevertheless, I, I think you're going to get a lot of people who are still very interested in being a state employee because of the protection, the longevity, and the security it offers. And, and lately after this deal, a pretty good deal as well. But, 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 Lee, I want to bring up more than anything else the fairness factor. We've got private sector employees, employers, even private sector unions that don't get these kind of afforded protection and fairness. And, and what's really important is in this entire contract and what was explicitly clearly said was that pandemic pay is another subject of consideration and not factor into this deal 
Um, and so they could potentially, state employees could also get more money for pandemic pay, which raises a real serious problem for me when I think about frontline healthcare workers, our grocery workers, our truck drivers, everybody who worked through such challenges during COVID, they should duly respect and, and earn pandemic pay. But the challenge is the marketplace and the business climate is a challenge and struggle, and they probably can't afford it. Employers can't afford it, or they'll be going out of business. But you know what? The state employees are going to negotiate additional pandemic pay that is going to create a crater in the system. And look, the normal consumerly, we're looking at 8.5% inflationary costs. That's the highest in 40 years. People can't pay for their gas. They can't pay for their grocery bill. But you know what? We still are going to put additional burden on taxpayers for a deal that is a sweetheart deal in my mind. So what's the, I mean, what leverage does the actual state employees have to hold Lamont over the barrel here on this? Is it, it doesn't, I mean, I know Lamont dropped the ball because he didn't prepare the state for, let's say, a mass exodus of potential or from, from employees maybe leaving. But, I mean, that's, I guess maybe that's their leverage. But other than that, why are they holding the feet to the fire of the state of Connecticut like this? Well, I think that's, that's a, a real important point of consideration. Who are we representing? Are we representing 44,000 state employees of the legislative body? Or are we representing $3.5 million, million Connecticut residents and taxpayers in representing them as a legislative body? The governor felt it was important to secure the, 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 the peace, labor, safety, and, and, and the rationales that he offered. But the legislature needs to step up and ask, is it fair? Is it equitable? Is it a representative of what the state and its taxpayers can afford? To me, on the face of it, and there's a public hearing today in appropriations that will give people an opportunity to voice their concerns, and we will be voting on it uh, in the House and the Senate. Uh, and that's where votes count, right? We are the elected representatives. I can't, I can't dictate and tell the governor what to do, but I know for me as a legislator, I have a vote in being able to speak for the taxpayers and giving them a voice. Look, you need to have a fair and equitable wage and, and benefits to be able to work and live, no doubt. But is it fair and equitable to everyone else, to me? I don't believe so. Another really important factor is this, please. It's especially insulting to our nonprofits those people that, that provide incredible care in our local communities, in social services, uh, intellectual disabilities, the whole array of services. What people need to know is, in the state of Connecticut, one of the few states in the entire country, we have a system called dual delivery, that the nonprofits that do great work for your intellectual disabled do the same work as the Department of Social Sur- Developmental Services. And their salary and their benefits and their costs. We did a survey about six years ago that's now since been buried that said our nonprofits do the same thing at the same standard and quality assurance of care as our state agencies and nearly 50 cents on the dollar. Why have we not looked to create and support our nonprofits instead of empowering and growing state employees in the bureaucracy of the state? and its inefficiencies 
and its inability to change and adapt to the challenges of the marketplace and a fairness and equitable uh, labor contract, that's the struggle I have. We have a dual delivery system that is patently unfair, and it's insulting to the great work of our nonprofits in the community who are starving and, and, and struggling to make ends meet and can't keep employees. Because that's a common joke there with the industry is people get enough training and talent, and they just go to the state and, 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 and reap in the rewards because right. the, the, the benefits are so lucrative. You know, I, I, my nonprofits are the central fabric of my community. I want to support them. But this labor contract is insulting to their great work in our community at the benefit of, of just the select state employee. Senator it's Tony, frustratingly, I, it really is frustrating I can that, hear that, it. that representative voice is not doing their job. And, you know, finally we're going to cast a vote. And, and prior to about five years ago, Lee, we went literally 25 years where we didn't cast votes on labor contracts hmm. because there's a unique provision that if you if the government negotiated it and the legislature don't take action on it in 60 days it become effective right it wasn't until we had 1818 the senate we demanded that every single contract gets voted on and that's what we're going to do this year with this contract is people are going to hold legislators accountable to see who they're representing and who the fairness factor comes into play. I'm going to represent the people that are taxpayers in our community who are struggling every day to make ends meet and, and make sure that a contract is fair and equitable and not a, 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 a burden on future generations of taxpayers in Connecticut. So bringing that part of it up, what are the mechanics moving forward, Senator? I mean, uh, again, we can anticipate that most of the Democrats will vote for this this to go through, giving them the contract, the new contract. So, how does this how is this playing out over the next couple of weeks? Well, the appropriations committee is going to have a public hearing and vetting of the bill, and it's kind of interesting. One transparency: if you go to the the, the cga.ct site that that posts the, the the public hearing today, you don't have the bill, you don't have the fiscal analysis, you don't have the details. You you need to go to organizations like the papers or uh, the Yankee Institute has done a great analysis in regards to what the ultimate cost will be. Um, so you can go check that out at the Yankee Institute website. Right. But the reality is the appropriations will have a public hearing. We'll have one public hearing. I don't know if they'll vote on it, but nevertheless, it will come to the House and the Senate for vote and passage. Now, what's interesting is you're going to have a bipartisan objection to this. Will it be enough? To, to vote this contract down. Now, if there is, which means that the legislature has stood up and represented and say, hey, you can get a better, we can get a better deal on behalf of fair and equitable package for taxpayers, then it will have to go back and the governor will have to renegotiate. And if we can't get to a term, it would go to arbitration. But we haven't rejected a contract approval in over 35 years. Wow. And the last time I remember we turned a contract down, we didn't have a vote on it because they went and redid it. Uh, so the reality is people will have a vote. And, and I think it's not going to it's going to be bipartisan in rejecting it. So there are going to be some Democrats who realize that it's an election year and that this is a bad vote for the taxpayers of Connecticut and that we can get an equitable deal without all the challenges and the financial burden the taxpayers, you're going to get bipartisan votes, but is it going to be enough to turn the contract down? 
I, I don't believe so, but you know what? I'd be, I'd be pleasantly surprised if we did step up and represent the voice of the taxpayers in equal co-branches of government. I hope we do, but nevertheless, I'm eager to learn more about the nuances of this contract and what it's going to cost future generations and current generations of taxpayers. Senator Tony Wong is uh, our guest. We always appreciate him carving out some time. So today is actually a day where folks can be heard, or is that not today? Like uh, It is today, but unfortunately, the public hearing sign-up yeah. is ended. <laughs> but they can go to the website, um, and uh, they can post and submit testimony to that effect. Right. But the best and most powerful word is call your legislators. Write to your legislators and tell them, and as you learn more about this contract and what this means as a taxpayer burden of nearly $1.9 billion for the next four years is going to cost people, then people need to be heard. Your legislators, who are all up for re-election this year, need to hear from you and say, I'm watching you on this right. because this is my pocketbook, and I elected you to protect it. And if you're not doing that, I'm going to know it and because you're going to cast a vote. And hopefully we come up say, go back to the drawing table, do a better contract, and make sure there's a fairness. But but that's the frustration, Lee, is this is not fair for so many of our private sector and nonprofit employees. And to think that those that essential employees that have struggled through, that they're not getting any particulars in this, is equally uh, disappointing and insulting in my mind. Senator, great stuff as always. I'm, uh, I'm running out of time here. Any place you want folks to go any website of yours you want folks to go to to learn more about you sure we can we can post the details of the bill of the contract the fiscal analysis we'll get that up on our site after the hearing today so people can read up on it before the vote and and uh, check in with their legislator so they can go to senator Huang h-w-a-n-g.com and we'll have that detail posted and uh I think we're going to represent the taxpayers, but most important of all, the taxpayers should tell your representative how you want them to vote. Senator, thank you, pal. I got to run, but I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Good luck. Thank you, Lee. Always a pleasure. You too, pal. Appreciate it very much. All right, listen, before we go and run out of time, a reminder about FanDuel. Yep. New York, the playoffs are here, and you can make every game count. Make it like a, a Game 7 FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of the NBA right now. Again, you can you know, lay down your bet, take your action. The number one sports book in the entire country. Punch down the promo code NEWS now and you're off to the races. It's really that simple. So check that out today. Uh, again, as we've been talking about it before, there's all kinds of different places for you to get your game on. But FanDuel is the number one sports book in the entire country. So I don't know what you're waiting on. And NBA action, fantastic. And again, there's a Patriot game going on in just a couple of minutes. The Red Sox kick off i think the uh i think the uh, boston marathon has already started but right now through the uh, entire playoffs all customers can place a no sweat game same game parlay each and every week you get twenty dollars in free bets if in fact you don't win of course you got to punch down news now news now as the uh, promo code telling you that you heard about it right here on this radio station And as always, you must be in the state of Connecticut. You've got to be 21 or older to play. Of course, that's the way the rules are written. Otherwise, uh, you know, it would be complete bedlam and complete chaos. But they've got to be in Connecticut to do that. And 21 or older, max free bet 20 bucks per week. Restrictions apply. See 
uh, full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, 888-789-7777. All right, we're out of time, guys. It went pretty quickly. I want to thank all the great guests, as always. Wrapping up with Senator Wong, Themis Claritis, Stephen Bucci, Susan Petroselli-Regan, and Matt Guineri. And, of course, Mike France was our lead play. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Going to rain tonight. Put your little hat on, your little booties. We'll do it all over again tomorrow. Until then, we'll see ya! Final check on the roads this Monday morning in East Lyme, an accident on I-95 northbound at Route 1. No delays going over the Gold Star Bridge and up I-95. Route 12, slow traffic southbound in Groton, slow northbound in Gales Ferry. Route 32, you're slow southbound in Quaker Hill and northbound by Connecticut College. No delays on I-395. Have a great day. I'm Eddie Schaefer, Time Saver Traffic. Bristol-on Buick GMC currently has one of the biggest selections of vehicles in southern New England. Choose from plenty of new SUVs and trucks from GMC and Buick, along with over 100 pre-owned vehicles from over 22 different manufacturers. Bristol-on has been the region's family car dealer for generations and has plenty of vehicles ready to be delivered today. For over 65 years, Bristol-on has been selling and servicing vehicles in our region. Bristol-on, taking pride in putting you first. Bristol-on Buick GMC, Route 1 in Mystic, or Bristol-on.com. That's Bristol-on.com. Quick, fast service. You're always in and out at Uncasville Quick Lube and Touch-Free Car Wash. Uncasville Quick Lube and Car Wash. And always without an appointment. Uncasville protects your engine and protects your vehicle's finish. And they put safety first. Their techs never get in your car, and you don't even have to get out of your vehicle. I go to Uncasville because their crew is safe and respectful. Many of their techs have been there for a long time. Uncasville Quick Lube also flushes and fills radiators, checks tire pressure, tire rotations, wipers, and take a spin through the incredible Uncasville touch-free car wash. It's open 24-7. I have to give Uncasville five stars.